Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. This week, we have my friend Jeanette Tapley joining us. Jeanette is the host of It's Time for Coffee Podcast, and you may have heard my episode over there. You'll have to go check it out. But today, we're here to talk all about her new devotional and how she's built a business from the ground up with kids at home and what she's been up to the last few years. I love this conversation with Jeanette, and I think she is just full of wisdom. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode and walk away extremely encouraged. I know I did. So without further ado, let's dive in. I am so good and so glad to have you on today. I would love for you to start by sharing a little bit about you and who you are, what you do, all the things. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Jeanette Tapley and I am, uh, I always start with like, I'm the wife to Jesse. Jesse is my husband. We have been married for 15 and a half years and man, that is just such a long time. We got married very, very young. I was 18 when we got married. So we have practice growing up together which has been yeah. really sweet he's he's a doll I know that he's dm'd you a couple times he loved your episode on it's time for coffee so like he reached out to you and was like hey I think you're awesome well done I love <laughs> Jesse I mean he is such a sweet I mean I when he dm'd me I was like that is the sweetest husband I've ever met he, he is just is doll. your champion like cheerleader champion I love it yeah, he really is. And he's listened to probably like 99% of every podcast. And so he's just, a, he's so sweet. So he's such a fan of you. Uh, and he is just, he's such a fan. Like, I love him so much. Uh, together, we have three kids. We have Ezekiel, who's 13. We have Titus, who's 11. We have our sweet daughter, Zoe, who's nine. And Zoe was adopted from Africa. And she is deaf. So we are a ASL signing family. Um, she is like our little firecracker. Like, you... You notice us because we look different because we're blended, but you notice us because Zoe walks into the room and makes sure everybody notices us. Like she oh, is a star. She's a, she's a stopper. Like she wants everybody to notice her. She's a, she's a blast. Jesse and I grew up in Alaska and then we moved to Texas about eight years ago. And uh, right after that is when God called us to adopt. And so we've just been like this really kind of transient family where we had to like uproot our lives and we settled here in a new place with no family and really settled into that idea of like sink or swim. Like God has called us to something really hard and really different. So we have got to survive. So we made friends and made them our family. And then shortly after his parents moved down here, which is really nice to have like real family near us. Um, and then after Zoe came home, I started a podcast called It's Time for Coffee, where I get to sit down with women and some men have coffee every week because that's like the best part of anybody's week, right? When you get to have a coffee with a friend and you just get to like talk about everything and discuss life. And uh, I wanted to do that with everybody because I love making friends. <laughs> and so we started that and then um, it turned into a podcast editing production company where I get to edit and produce and help people launch podcasts, which is, man, it's just been a really fun 
um, stage of life that I never, ever would have thought I'd be in. And so now we um, have have just this crazy life of teenagers and growing up, which is just the weirdest thing, like having a teenager and having like that thought of like, man, you guys are getting big. Like, this is weird. And then managing <laughs> managing um right now we're doing distance learning so we're doing like some school stuff at home and managing a business that is uh blooming and blossoming and growing it's been a lot of fun so that's that's me in a nutshell i guess wow well i mean you have lived a lot of life in these 15 (laughs) years i mean that puts you at what 33 being married for 15 years Yep, I just turned 34, so we got married super, super young, and like I said, we grew up together. That was our biggest, like, Kelsey, how much did you change between 18 and 25? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I I married my, I was 24, but my husband was 21, and so we also grew up together, and it is, it is not for the faint, faint of heart. It's oh. in some ways harder, but also there's a sweetness and it's really special too. So there's some, yeah. there's, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, people hear, Oh my God, you got married that young. And it's like, yeah, yeah we did. And we didn't realize how young we were, but yes, we learned yeah. so much. And it, it's like, we have all those memories of kind of growing up together, you know, yep. now. And it's been really intentional. I feel like if we could be intentional back then, then we could be intentional now. And I think now the the battle that we fight is like um, to make sure that we are growing up, like that we're still growing up, (laughs) but that our kids are growing up seeing a healthy mom and dad and a healthy marriage so that they know how to model their marriages. And that's been really um, a fun new challenge because we want to show them like, you know, life's not always perfect. We do argue and um, our, we're getting to that stage now where like if we kiss, they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, it's, it's really fun. It's it's a really fun time. And man, you're right to like look back and be like every stage of our life has been marked by one another. And soon we'll hit the state, we'll hit the year of like where we've been together longer than we were apart in like half our ages. Like we're going to cross that soon. And when our kids graduate high school, we're still going to be super young. So we're just excited about it. Oh my gosh, y'all are about to have some fun. That is awesome. I've not even started and I'm 30. So (laughs) do not rush. (laughs) We will be swapping places. So wow. So when you brought your daughter home, how fast did y'all figure out we need to learn sign language? Yeah. So when we chose Zoe, like, cause we were kind of offered two little girls and, um, we had the opportunity to actually say like, this is the, this is the girl for us. So we chose Zoe knowing that she was deaf. And so Jesse was raised, um, he had a aunt who's a deaf foster mom. So he was kind of always around some sign language. Um, he had a really sweet girlfriend in college who was actually deaf. And so he knew sign language. Wow. And so, that was one of the reasons what we said that like we would put that on our list of being willing to to do because we could do it. And um so we said yes to Zoe and then our adoption process is like two and a half years long. And so we kind of like would practice sign here and there. Like we'd have silent nights and Jesse's the only one that knows sign. So he's signing at all of us fast and I'm getting mad at him because it's not fair. And and so <laughs> So when she came home, it was sink or swim. Like, again, like, we had to figure out how to teach this little girl language because it was do or die, right? So um, so we really, all of us, learned ASL as we taught her. And so, and for her, it was like, um, 
you know, like signing mom, like, okay, I'm mom, like, this is a door, like, just kind of like breaking things down really slowly so that she could understand. And really and truly, I think that that made the world of difference in our attachment process, everything that she has learned and grown and become so attached to our family has been, I think, rooted in the fact that she learned language immediately. Wow. Well, and I think learning anything together is really powerful. And so I can imagine that's an incredible bonding experience, you know, right as she comes home. How special. That is so cool. And and just even hearing Jesse's background, it's so cool to see how like nothing is wasted. Like I think as as wives, we can sometimes be territorial about that old girlfriend, you know, they had in college. But like, wow, that old girlfriend actually prepared him to be a father. You know, like how every step is ordered and nothing is wasted. Like that's so special. Yeah, so sweet. And he's gotten to talk to her. She's actually recently uh, passed away, but he got to talk oh. to her after Zoe came home and and she she was a believer. And it was just it was a really sweet thing that he got to say kind of like thank you to her. Right. Because nothing is wasted. And and she's a beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, And man, it was it was a really, really big, um, just beautiful part of part of our story was was her. Wow, that is really cool. So you you have three kids in your 20s, you've got teenagers in your 30s, and you run <laughs> your own company. Tell us more about like kind of your journey. Y'all move across the country with kiddos. I've moved across the country and it's hard enough making friends when like I have all the free time in the world. So like you build this new life in Texas. And when did you start your own business? Because I, I mean, I, I just want to hear it all. Yeah. So we moved and Ezekiel started kindergarten like right away. Um, so that was kind of a nice thing. So I had one more year of Titus at home. And so we would do, you know, the mops groups and and go to the gym and do childcare just just to try to like find people who we could be friends with. <laughs> and then um, Zoe came home a few years later. And after they were all in school and we kind of had that like reprieve of no more adoption paperwork and stuff like that. It was kind of like I had idle hands and I was like, well, Lord, what am I going to do? Like, what do you want from me? And I want to serve, but what does that look like? And, and I have these big dreams, but how do I even start? And so Jesse and I, I've always listened to podcasts. I, I tell people the first podcast I listened to or it was on like my computer. Like I would like turn my computer up really loud, but it was like a Twilight podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like all about the movies and the books and what was the news, all of this. Stuff. It was really funny. So like I've always loved podcasts. And so I um, would listen to podcasts and I would listen and I would think, oh man, I would ask this question next. Or if I could ask this person any question, it would be along these lines. And man, what an incredible story. This makes me feel like I have a friend somewhere across the world. And so I started telling Jesse that and he was like, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, no, I'm going to start to blog because I'm, I've always wanted to write a book. I, I love writing. This seems easier Whereas writing, because writing, you can like edit out, right? Like you can make yourself sound better than, than yeah. you are. Or podcasting is kind of like, you can edit it, but man, you can't edit too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm going to start to write because this is the direction that I know that I want to go with my life. And I started writing, I started blogging and blogging just isn't what it used to be, right? Like, like seven years ago, it was, it was a really big thing. And three years ago, it was like on, not on its way out, but you know what I mean? Totally. And so 
Jesse was like, I think you should start a podcast. And so he went out and bought me my mic and was really, like you said, that champion of like chase your dreams and do something big. And so for the first like four months, I learned the ins and outs of podcasting. Like, how do you record? How do you how do you record with with a new microphone? And and how does what does editing look like? And OK, so if you add music in here, what does this do? And um, and just learning the ins and outs of like, how do you reach out to people when you don't have a podcast, but you want to have a podcast and you need to grow your platform a little bit. And so you just have to like, it was just a lot of like taking some courses and learning how to use Instagram as a, as a means for work instead of just like, look at what I ate today. So it was, it was a lot of like putting my head down and doing work before it was really work. Wow. So because I, then I launched my show and then I got a ton of questions who were like, how did you do that? What did you do? How did this happen? So I walked a lot of people through starting a podcast that first year, just kind of like, well, this is what I tried and this is what worked for me and this is what I use. And, and then, um, I started a podcast for a friend. She was like, Hey, I'd love to start. So I walked her through like, this is your idea. This is how we'll do it and everything. And she's like, you need to package this and start doing it for people. And so I did. And then that's when it's time for coffee productions became like, it became a full-time job really quickly, which I'm so thankful for. So I love how you just dove right in fearlessly, but I also love how you read the room. I started my podcast as well because I looked around and I was like, whoa, the landscape of blogging is changing rapidly. Like when I first when I first started a blog in college, I I would sit there. I don't know if you ever did this, but these like these are the days of following along with like a beautiful mess, love Taza, yes. Rockstar Diaries, and I would sit and I would count their ads on the side of their blog, oh. and then I would go to their like advertise with me page and and see how much an ad costs. And I would be like, oh my God, this girl's making $72,000 a year blocking, you know, I would, and that was outside of her sponsored collaborations. And then all of a sudden overnight sidebar ads were gone. I mean, maybe, maybe there would be one or two, but there used to be 17, you know, there would Mm -hmm. be one for Lulu's clothing and anthropology and urban outfitters. You know, these companies were advertising with these bloggers, you know, in that way. And and it just changed so swiftly. So I realized, okay, like, yes, I have a message that I want to get in front of people, whether I'm paid for it or not, but I do need to like figure out what's the most viable way to make an income from this to justify that time long-term. And I, I just read the room and I was like, I think podcasting is a, is a, a new way of being able to connect and nurture your people. And I, and I actually found, even though we're both writers, I've dreamed of being a writer since I was a little girl, yeah. I've found beauty in the casual um, day to day of podcasting, because I feel like it allows your listeners to really get to know you. Even if you're interviewing, they might have you in their ear and hear that story about that one time you counted some other bloggers sidebar ads, you know? (laughs) And so I, I really love the shape that podcasting has taken and, and the, that it's allowed us to build this connectedness with our people in a in a different way that blogging has. And I love that you kind of were like, okay, it looks like this is what's next. So you dove in, you start, started a podcast. And I love what you said earlier. Like I, I just wanted to have coffee and 
make friends. Um, yeah. And I love that it had no other agenda than that. How fast did you realize, I think I'm going to start a production company. And did you, did you deal with any of that imposter syndrome, that fear? How did you juggle your time as a mom? You know, give us the lowdown because I think we have some listeners who might, might be thinking like, wow, she was so brave. She just did it, but I'm scared. You know, yeah. I think it was, it kind of, it was almost like a tidal wave. Like there was that like fear of like, okay, I can say no, but like, why would I do that? Like why, like people are asking for help. Why would I say no? And as you know, podcasting is a blast. It really is so fun, but it's not the best means of making a financial way. Mm-hmm. It's not super like my podcast is anyways. So yeah, it's definitely not been an overnight. This is my career thing. (laughs) Right. But I found that like, oh, I could edit podcasts for people and they they'll pay for that. Like, that's awesome. So so with that pivot of saying like my podcast is my passion project. I love it so much. This is where people get to know me and my guests. But I will kind of step aside here and I will help people, which is, again, something I love to do. I love to help. I love to serve others. And and. I get to help them get their show out and I get to make a little bit of money on the side, which has been a blast. So it's, so that was kind of that first pivot and being afraid. Oh my gosh, I'm reading the book uh, by Jenny Allen, get out of your head, get out of your own head, something like that. And there's a chapter about fear and it's like imposter syndrome and fear of like, if they find out who I really am, they'll leave me. And like the first, the chapter before was all about friendship and all this stuff. And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, this is my heart. This is my passion. And then I go into the fear section and I'm like underlining every single word because I find myself realizing how fearful I am of like, oh my gosh, if my clients find out that I'm just like editing at night while my kids watch TV, like they're going to leave me. Like they're, they're just going to think I'm a joke. Whereas all my clients know that I'm a, a mom they all know that my kids are home right now and they applaud me, you know? And so it's yeah. just like, it's believing that like, it's believing that I am equipped no matter what. And that's been like the biggest lesson I've had to learn recently is like, Hey, they hired you knowing that you have three kids. <laughs> like it's fine. I, I love that you said that because I've really struggled with that too. Of like, Oh, I just showed up to that call, like looking like a hot mess, but oh, like, yeah do they take me seriously? Do they think I'm really invested? You know, I, I I didn't even brush my hair yet today. Oh my gosh. You know, some people come to these calls like styled as if they're going into the office. Like maybe I'm not taking this seriously enough. And then it's like, no, like I'm getting the job done. I'm getting it. I built this so that I could have freedom. Yes. Maybe I could brush my hair, but (laughs) I, I think like we all wrestle with our own version of that lie of is my client taking me seriously or thinking that I'm taking their work seriously because I'm not X, Y, Z or because I'm doing it this way. And so I I deeply resonate and have also had to wrestle through that stuff. And I think that that's the root of my imposter syndrome is like, am I serious enough? And I think it stems from getting married young. Like, and it's such a, and maybe this is true for you. Like when you get married young, you almost have to be like, no, I'm an adult. Like, trust me, I'm an adult. And so like I can go to the grocery store and spend my money. Like <laughs> it's oh, such yeah. a, it's such an imposter syndrome thing. And I'm just kind of putting that together where I've kind of been fighting through, I fought through my twenties of like, no, like this is my child. Like I'm not his babysitter. Like he's mine. To, <laughs> like now as an adult, like 
like looking at my 13 year old knowing like, oh my gosh, five years from where you are right now, I was married. Like that's ridiculous. Like I have to parent you because I'm your mom. Like I like, it's just the weirdest thing. So like fighting that imposter syndrome my entire adult life has been interesting, but also standing in the truth of like, hey, I got married young because I believe that God showed me who I was supposed to marry when I was 18. Like that's like owning those things. It's been so interesting to walk through as a married person, as a mom, and then as a business owner now where I'm like, okay, have I ever let a client down? Yes. But do I apologize profusely and do they still trust me? Yes. Do I believe that God has equipped me to serve them well? Yes. And so it's just, I have to battle that a lot though. (laughs) Girl, you can, you can take us to church on that. That was a really (laughs) good soundbite because we are going to let our people down. There's no way we're going to make it through life perfect, you know, but you own it and you move forward. And I, I, I really, really deeply resonate with that. Like, am I established enough? Are they taking me seriously enough? I too, like I, I have battled with that idea of getting married young and like, did people take us seriously? And then aside from that, like even as far back as high school and middle school, I've always been the cute one, the little one, not yeah. the like, you know, back then when this was actually, it felt important. It's not important at all. But, you know, you're at the beach with your friend and she's the hot one and you're the cute one. I was the cute little one. I'm 30 years old and people will be like, you're so cute. You look 18. And I'm like, okay, I don't (laughs) think you mean that to undermine me, but here we are, you know? And so I've really wrestled with that stuff. And then You know, it's very easy to take the blinders off and look around and see how someone else is is doing it, whether it's the same service you offer, operating out of a similar message or just in your industry and they're held up as the example. And it's easy to start questioning yourself and being like, well, maybe I'm not maybe I'm not taking this seriously enough. Maybe people aren't taking me seriously. I think those are very real questions that we all wrestle with. And just Mm -hmm. for those of you listening you're not alone. Where did it Oh, for sure. Not alone. <laughs> You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotional, scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this year. You can sign up to get the First 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at first15.org slash subscribe, or start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen. You asked about like 
work life, mom life stuff. And that's, yeah. that's such a, ugh, it's so hard because I want to be like, we, we are so balanced and we are so not. Uh, when I first started, um, I would ask the kids like, hey, do you mind if I like sit and learn this stuff while you're watching TV? So I'd put a headphones on and leave one out so I could like be sort of present, but like sitting on the couch with them. And now since we're like in this season of COVID-19, my biggest boundary that I'm trying so hard to like obey to myself is I try to be completely done working by five. Um, whether Jesse's home or not, I try to make sure I'm completely unplugged from work so that I can be 100% present and like cook dinner and work out and all of these things with them. But it's been, um, that's just been like my big, big boundary that I've been trying to do. So it really is just a lot of grace. Like I have been really, really upfront with the kids and have been like, Hey, I have to work. So you guys have to leave me alone <laughs> like, or, um, or being like, Hey, do you know why I'm working? And they're like, so you can pay for the vacation this year. I'm like, exactly. Like if the more work I get done, the more, the more I can get paid and the the better, you know, like the extra churro you can get at Disney World, you know, like that kind <laughs> yeah. of, like just trying to put it into their perspective the of like, this is why I'm doing this. The extra $17 churro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the extra $47 Coke at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you want those sticky ears? You better let me work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's a whole client hour to earn those sticky <laughs> ears, okay? Um, exactly. But- Well, I I love that you said that because for me, I've definitely had to have trial and error with finding my rhythm. Like I've had goals of getting done by five and then I've had times I've worked till 11. And then sometimes that all shifts and changes in seasons. What has finding that looked like for you? Because I literally had someone DM me yesterday and be like, what's your process? And I was like, gosh, it's you know, this is what works for me. But everyone has their process. And sometimes that process works for a while and then they totally shift and have a different process. And so how, how what has it looked like for you to find your working groove? Because I think as an entrepreneur, it's not as simple as nine to five or eight to five, especially when you've got kids and other people's schedules and other commitments. And often you're also doing the grocery shopping in the middle of the day at three. So that does that add to your hour at the end of the day? You know, people don't think about this stuff. Yeah, well, and today's a perfect example of that. Like, so today, my my goal was like, okay, wake up early, do your journal, do your coffee, like all of that stuff, like have my quiet time. And then like, okay, get the kids up, get the kids moving, like school time. And then I had a call with you. Well, our puppy is sick. So I have to take an hour out of my day where I'm supposed to be working and I have to take him to the vet, make sure he's okay. And, the, you know, like, all, but I'm already thinking like, okay, well, I'll be done at five, but I've got to pick back up at 830. Like, I like I, yeah. I know that because, because time has shifted today because I have to put on my mom hat before I want to, I have to, um, or I want to call it my lady of the house hat because I put on my lady of the house hat. I have to um, shift. I have to shift. So right now in this season, it's really easy for me to say, while you guys are doing school, I'm working. And we've had a really scheduled, a really solid schedule during this time. And so I know that I can at least get three to three to five hours of work done while they're doing like creative time and, and rest time and school time and all of that. When they're at school and life is, you know, sort of normal before, (laughs) um, I knew that I could work the entire day while they were at school unless I needed to like 
go to the grocery store. But really, I do a lot of shipped shopping, and I'm thankful for that. My groceries get delivered on Sunday. So it's it's a lot of like finding out those things like, okay what works for us? A load of laundry every single day. Um, What works for us is shipped shopping, like trusting my grocery shopper to grab the right avocados. And if she doesn't, well, next week we'll try again. You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Just just being really open handed with expectations, which is very, very hard for me. But also knowing that, like, I can't control everything because it's like that. um have you seen that example of like the of the monkey who puts his hand in a coconut and he's holding on so tightly to something in the coconut and he can't get his hand out because he can't loosen up? Like if he just like let go oh, of whatever. No. It's that. And so like my like I can't put my hand in the coconut and get it out without loose, loosening my grip. And I have got to hold a loose grip on everything I do because I can't control everything. Oh, girl, that is good. That is so true. You know, I think shifting expectations has been a huge one for me. And I think also just like lightening up on ourselves, like realistically, we are more available because our jobs are flexible. But if you get interrupted for an hour and a half and you do need to go handle it, yay, I have a job that allows me to handle it. But then I don't have to guilt my guilt trip myself for working from 830 to 10 because I took that hour and a half out of the middle of the day to handle that personal thing. Like that's just the nature of the beast. And yes, I had a goal of being done by five, but today I'll give myself grace because something came up. And so I found that to be one of the trickiest parts of running my own business and maintaining balance in my personal life because mm-hmm. it can be very easy. And, and sometimes because you are flexible, your family members feel like you're more available. You yeah. know, like I, I can ask mom something any second of the day, even if it takes, you know, even if I don't realize she's right in the middle of something. And so that has been a really tricky part of my journey. What have, one thing I wanted to talk about is what do your morning routines look like? Because I know you just wrote a devotional and I've been reading it and I've really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. That's so kind of you. (laughs) You're probably the first person I've talked to that's read it. Which is crazy to me. Beautiful. I loved the storm chapter. I found it very Mm -hmm. timely for my season. I would love for you to kind of talk about, I mean, and here's the deal. Even as I say your morning routine, one thing I hate is that for some reason as Christians, we have made morning like the only time to be with Jesus. And if your time is in the car, my... I couldn't sit still for a year. So my time was in the car for a while. You know, sometimes it's at 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes you're a new mom and you don't have a second to breathe in the day. And so you don't have a quiet time and that is okay. You know, but for lack of better words, what does your morning routine look like? Because I personally am enjoying reading your devotional in the morning. Thank you. Uh, Mine looks like a forced wake up to be out of my bed before my kids get up. And I know that that a lot of moms say that, like, where it's that kind of like roll your eyes, like, oh, yeah, you want me to get up before my kids? I can because I have, I have big kids and I didn't do this when my kids were little. I would do my quiet time in the morning or in the um, nap time, so like in the middle of the day or before I went to bed, just kind of whenever I could do it. But right now it looks like rolling out of bed, feeding the dogs and sitting down with a cup of coffee. And then I'm actually reading a devotional called Take It Too Far by Jess Connolly right now. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And so it's um, but I also use a habit tracker like on my phone. It's called Tracker. And I really enjoy the uh, sense of accomplishment when I get to like hold that button down and it like lights up the whole 
like circle and it's like, like it gives me like a sense of accomplishment first thing in the morning, <laughs> which I might be like a little bit of an achiever in that. I love it. <laughs> it's really fun. And so it really, to me, is just I know that sitting down and having some quiet first thing helps me set my day. And I'm a big journaler, so I always write down like what I'm thankful for and kind of what goals I'm searching for, who I'm praying for, what I'm praying for. Uh, In this season, we have our family doctor who just opened a new practice. So I'm like really intentionally praying for him at that specific time every morning because I know he's walking into the office and setting his day up. So it's just um, it's trying to be really intentional with my day so that I can that might be the only time I can be super intentional and quiet because I have three kids, two dogs and a husband. Absolutely. Business. Yeah. Like there's too much going on. So if I can be, if I can be still and quiet for 15, 20 minutes in my mornings, it really, really helps my mindset. And then I try, if I don't get to it in the morning, like Friday morning, um, especially in this season right now, I get to have zoom coffee with some of my best friends every Friday morning. Well, I don't wake up early enough to read and and do my devotional that early (laughs) because I don't want to. Uh, so I kind of do that right after. And again, it's just kind of that like deep breath of like, okay, we can do this. Like we can get it done. And I hope that with the devotional that I wrote, it's time for Jesus, that people will, will be able to sit down and read it. They're not very long devotionals, but read scripture and then the Bible story. And then like my take on it or a story that I've walked through that I have seen God in that way so that it just kind of like helps them one, see God as their friend. Because I think growing up in the church, it was like, God was so big and scary and so like do the right thing or else. And when I realized that like God was like this soft place for me to to run to or this friend who really cared for me and my and and for me personally, it really changed my relationship with him and I always thought he wanted me to change who I needed to be. So I thought like someday when I'm a grown up, <laughs> like I'm thinking this like 3 weeks ago, someday when I'm grown up <laughs> And I'm like this pulled together, sweet mom who has everything kind of like, I don't know, clean and sorted out. Then then I'll be the version of, of myself that God created me to be. And he like shakes me every time. He's like, you are who I created you to be. I want you to meet with me right where you are. And that was like, that was the theme running through the devotional that in my heart was like, meet with God right where you are, as you are, because he loves you just as you are. It's clear that, you know, this book was birthed out of a place of you carving out quiet time. So what would be your heart for readers to take away as they kind of navigate their own quiet times? Yeah, I think it is just landing in the fact that you are exactly who you are meant to be exactly where you are. Like, it doesn't have to be this um, hard, like, quite like waking up at four o'clock in the morning and and carving out this time. It's like, God wants you right where you are, right who you are. And just like owning that, like, you don't have to be anything different for him. Like he wants you just as you are. And I think um, for me growing up and, and kind of like shaking my faith into my own, it was like, well, when I become the person God wants me to be, then I will be able to do all of these things for the kingdom. And he's like, hey, I literally made you to be you for a reason. And so that's kind of like the heartbeat behind the book where it's like, God is for you and he loves you and he wants to be your friend and your savior, but he also like likes you for you. Man. I mean, 
I mean, I could go on that little sentence for another hour, but you know, I can't leave us just quite there because that's so good. What would you say for that person who really is is struggling with like, um, that's like so nice and people tell me that about God, but like, how do I actually believe that? I think you have to look in the mirror and you have to say like, you created, like, you have to like own this, like God, you created me to be me, like everything I might dislike about myself, everything I might think is too loud or too brush or too quiet or too anything. Like you have to look and you have to own that he created that. Like he does not make mistakes. He is a good, good God. And he wants you to own the fact that he made you. I used to think like he would want me in like this pencil skirt with like this nice tight bun and, um, like helping in my kids' classrooms and and serving that way. And when I think about those things, I I get bristly because that's not who I am. And he's like, no, I want you to be you. Yes, we need refinement. And and then we talk about refinement in the book, but like we so often like are chasing this better version of ourselves when God's like, hey, just meet with me and I'll make you the better version of the you I created you to be. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, that kind of reminds me of a statement my dad used to say is like, don't wish your life away. And as, as even though that doesn't sound naturally related to this conversation, I don't want to miss this life wishing for the better version of myself, waiting to be like good and connected with God, waiting until I'm like the best version of myself. Like that's meant for me right now, right here. Um, so man, I love your heart. Um, and the words you've just given us. Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone grab a copy? Um, Tell us all the things. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram way more than I should be. Uh, (laughs) If you saw my screen time, (laughs) you would be embarrassed for me. Uh, So um, but I'm at, um, what is my handle? I'm at Jeanette Tapley on Instagram. (laughs) If you're on Facebook, which I am, but like not like it's at the Jeanette Tapley. And then you can buy the book on Amazon or from my website. We're going to have all that set up and it's going to be really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be all around there. The website, my website, it's, it's timeforcoffeepot.com. So, well, it was a joy to have you and I can't wait till next time. Thank you so much, friend. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. 
That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLS consumer access.org number 3030.